Good evening. Good evening. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 13. A day of judgment <coughs> is coming, and this will be a day when the Lord will punish the wicked. What chapter, please? Chapter 13. Now, we do not know when that day will be. We're not told. This is known only to God the Father. But we do know it is coming, and it is a certainty. And if we think about days of judgment, and we go back to the Old Testament, the Jews did not know when exactly they would be overthrown. God had promised that it was coming. And he would punish their sin. Likewise, the Jews did not know when the Babylonians would be overthrown. But they had the prophecy that it was going to happen. They just did not know when. A day of judgment is coming upon the world in the future. We do not know when it's coming, but are you prepared for it? Look at Isaiah chapter 13, verse 11. And I will visit the wickedness upon the world and their iniquity upon the wicked, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and I will cast out or cast down the pride of tyrants. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us tonight, Lord, as we study your word. Just illuminate it for us, Lord. And if, again, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. And again, Lord, we just lift up those that could not make it tonight, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon them. And again, Lord, just be with us tonight. Just be with me and give me the words to say. And hide behind the cross, Lord, and let the words that are spoken be your words. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> in this verse, we see God's promise to punish the wicked. Basically, the wickedness in the world. But as we look at this prophecy or this verse and, and the prophecy in chapter 13 in general, we see pretty much a twofold prophecy. If you go back to verse 1, we see that this is a prophecy concerning Babylon, the fall of Babylon. But then when you look through these verses, you also see things that can only happen in the future. That is talked about in the book of Revelation, and we'll look at that shortly. But just as we look at prophecy in general, the prophecy concerning Babylon that we see in these verses, likewise in the book of Isaiah, happened almost a hundred years 
a hundred years before the Babylonians conquered Judah. God had already given a prophecy that Babylon would be destroyed. So this predates, this prophecy here predates the Babylonian Empire. And then this prophecy concerning the destruction of Babylon, Isaiah gave this prophecy 150 years, round about 150 years before the Medes and Persians conquered Babylon. And in verse 3, when God talks about his the people that he has sanctified that would carry out this prophecy, we see that it's the Medes and the Persians. So God was going to use the Mede, the Media Persian Empire as his instrument to bring judgment upon the wickedness of Babylon. Now, we also see something else. Turn over to Isaiah 45, verse 1. In Isaiah 45, verse 1, God calls Cyrus. His anointed. Thus saith the Lord unto Cyrus, his anointed. God is mentioning Cyrus the Great by name over 150 years before Cyrus led Media Persia. This is how sure the prophecy is concerning the Babylon the Babylonians. He mentions Cyrus the Great by name. This also shows us how God is in control over all things. God was going to use Cyrus for the task of destroying Babylon, but he also was going to use Cyrus for the task of allowing the Jews to go back into their homeland. 150 years before it happened. Now think about that. That is how assured the destruction of Babylon was in prophecy. So he mentions Cyrus by name 150 years before all of these things take place. Again, God is in control of all things. And then in chapter 13, we are assured that God is going to judge the wicked. We're assured of it. He says it. I will visit the wickedness upon the world. Basically, what he's saying here is I'm going to judge the wicked. I'm going to visit their iniquity. I'm going to judge it. We see the same thing happen with Sodom and Gomorrah. God was going to visit their iniquity upon them. The Jews 
when God destroyed Israel and then he destroyed Judah, he said he was going to visit their iniquity upon them. And here he's saying the same thing with Babylon and also the world. He was going to judge the wickedness of the Babylonians and punish them. Yet again, as I said, when we look at these verses, we're seeing a double meaning. It's a double meaning. In verse 9, if you look at verse 9, he says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, quarry with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land waste, and he shall destroy the sinners out of it. So we see the prophecy concerning Babylon. God is going to destroy them. As we see in verse 1, he says, The burden of Babel, which Isaiah the son of Amoz did see. But then look at verse 10. This is something that did not happen during the destruction of Babylon because it's nowhere recorded in history that this happened. For the stars of heaven and the planets thereof shall not give their light, and the sun shall be darkened and is going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Where do we see that in the Bible? Verses almost like that. In Joel. But also in the book of Revelation. We see it in Joel when Joel talks about the day of the Lord coming in the future. In the book of Revelation, we see the same thing, where the stars are dark and the moon will be turned to blood. The sun would be darkened. And here in Isaiah, we see the same thing. So what we see is a prophecy that has a double meaning. God is going to destroy Babylon, but then Isaiah is also telling us that God is going to do the same thing to the world. To the world, as he says in verse 11, and I will visit the wickedness upon the world. He's going to do it to Babylon, and he's also going to visit the wickedness upon the world. So a day of judgment, as Isaiah says, cruel with God's wrath being poured out upon the wickedness not only of Babylon, but also of the world. So what we know is a day of the Lord is coming. It's coming. A day in the future will God will judge the world. And we see that God will judge. God judged the Babylonians. It was assured. And we know that Isaiah was correct in what he was prophesying because we know what the law says about prophets to be considered a prophet a true prophet 
How many of your prophecies had to come true according to the law? All of them. A hundred percent. If you had a hundred prophecies and only 99 of them had come true and one of them did not, according to the law, you were a false prophet. All of Isaiah's prophecies that he has given thus far have come true. There are some that have not yet been fulfilled. But we see the certainty of his prophecies and we see the truth of his prophecies especially as we look and we see where he mentions Cyrus the Great by name 150 years before Cyrus ever led Media Persia. 100 years before Cyrus was even born. A time is coming when God will visit the wickedness upon the world and he will punish the world for evil. And that day... As Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, will come even as a thief in the night. A thief in the night. Now what does that mean? Come as a thief in the night? Does a thief come and knock on your door and announce his presence? No. When a thief comes, he comes unexpectedly. You're not expecting him. He's not going to knock on the door and announce, I'm here. Christ is not going to knock on the door and announce, I'm coming. And it's my day of judgment. He comes as a thief in the night. It will begin unexpectedly. People will not be watching for the beginning of the day of the Lord. And that's what Paul is talking about here. The beginning of the day of the Lord. When the day of the Lord begins, no one would expect it. It's going to come unexpectedly. And Jesus tells us that it will be as the days of Noah. Now we know that the days of Noah were exceedingly evil. They were wicked days. But think about the flood. People were not watching for the flood to begin. They weren't expecting it. They were caught off guard. The same is true with the day of the Lord. They're going to be caught off guard by it. People will not be watching for it or expecting it to happen. Think about the Babylonians. Do you think the Babylonians were expecting to be overthrown? No. They had had the strongest empire in the world. But what happens? Media Persia invades Babylon, starts defeating the Babylonian armies, and the, Babylon, the Babylonians, they retreat into the city of Babylon, which has a river running through it, large stocks of fuel and food, and thick walls and a big, thick gate. They thought that they could withstand the siege. And then what happens? God gives them the writing on the wall. 
today you're going to be overthrown. The judgment has come. But what does the Medes and the Persians do? That river that was running, that river that was running into Babylon, they go up the river and they dam it. It dries out. And then they just go right up underneath the gate where the river was coming in and conquered the city. The Babylonians never thought that the Medes and the Persians would conquer the city. They were not expecting it. And whenever they took the city, it happened unexpectedly, just like the day of the Lord is coming unexpectedly. The coming day of the Lord, people will not be watching for it. It will come as a thief in the night. And this is how unexpected it will be. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. Look at what Paul says. For when they shall say peace and safety, then shall come upon them sudden destruction as the travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. People will not be looking for it to happen. They're going to think that they're safe. They're not expecting this. And if you think about it, when judgment comes, people never expect it to come. They don't expect it to happen. They don't think it could ever happen to them. And that's how the world will be in the coming judgment. Judgment and punishment is coming upon the wickedness of the world, and we know it's coming as sure as the judgment that befell the Babylonians. It's coming upon the world. Yet, we know something else. We know God is not without mercy. Judgment is coming, judgment is sure to come, but God is not without mercy. He gave us a way to escape the coming judgment, and that way is through Jesus Christ. Remember how I asked, are we prepared for this day? We prepare by receiving Christ. That way we escape the day. That is coming. We must believe, we must have faith, we must repent of our sins, we must receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We prepare by believing in him, by receiving him as our Lord and Savior. And we must receive Christ. We must repent of our sins. Turning from our sins and turning to Christ to escape the coming judgment. It's the only way. Judgment is coming and it's quickly approaching. Are we prepared for that day? Answer that as we stand for prayer. Thank <clears throat>
Most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that, again, you would be with us during this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there is any that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 If you would take the hymnals and sing one.